And we are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Well, each week that I see that um, video, it's like I'm looking at my life. <laughs> it's <laughs> that guy trying to fit all those cups into uh, that cabinet. If you, had, if you could go back and look at my uh, desk right now, you would see that there are literally uh, eight uh, used Starbucks mugs sitting on my desk. The staff can confirm that. But uh, So uh, we have been talking for the past five weeks. This is the last and final week of Address the Mess. And hadn't it been a great series? I've enjoyed this so much. I mean, uh, that we were, we've been talking about how to get out of messes in our lives, uh, how to break away from negative cycles and negative habits in our life, and how to also, you know, sometimes messes, they happen to us. They're not our own doing, but they happen to us. And so uh, we talked about what to do in that situation, even how to help others address messes in other people's lives. And so it's just been a wonderful, wonderful series, I think. And, and I'm going to be honest, like this is the stuff that fires me up. This is why I got into ministry, why I left, uh, you know, my so-called secular job to come and do this full time. It's because it's when people get changed. It's when people uh, are, are, are in a situation where there was defeat and then they step into victory, right? There's a, a situation where they were far from God and they move closer to God. It's this thing that gets me fired up and why I am just uh, so excited about what God is doing here at Bayshore right now. And can I just tell you this? Like We've talked about all this for these weeks, but can I just tell you that, that I believe in each and every one of you this morning. Like, I believe in your ability to get out of whatever mess that you're in. Like, you can do it. We don't just talk about this. Like, like you know, so many weeks, right, we probably leave and we think, well, that's great. I heard what he said, but I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can read my Bible more. I don't know if I can get out of this habit. I'm not sure. But we believe in you. You can address the messes in your life. And so I'm just, I'm really pumped about what God's been doing, what, um, what he's got in store for us coming up and in 2018. And I just believe that this is the best year for Bayshore Community Church. And I hope you guys are excited. I hope you're getting connected. I hope you're getting plugged in. If you haven't been through the next steps, I know I've said it before. It's the most important thing we've ever done. That's not a sales pitch. That's the truth. And so we want you to find your calling. We want you to know what God has placed you here on earth to do. We want to help you find that and find the fulfillment 
that, it, that comes from that. When you link arms with other people and you make something happen for the kingdom of God together and God works through you, there is nothing better than that. So get connected. Join a small group. Get connected with other people. Find a place to serve. Uh, there's so many opportunities from kids' ministry to a parking lot team to a host team to ushers to worship to media to cameras. All these ways, all these little pieces and parts matter and make a difference and help reach people and make a difference in our community. So get plugged in. 2018 is going to be amazing. Hey, I want to welcome all of our, our guests that are listening either via Facebook or iTunes, uh, uh, on the website. Um, there's so many different ways that uh, we're able to engage with people. I just want to tell all of you this morning, we're glad that you choose to join us each week. Can we just welcome all those people? Each week, somewhere between 700 to 1,000 other people will engage with uh, what happens here live on Sunday. And that's an amazing thing that we're able to leverage technology for the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, we believe that you guys are as much a part of our family uh, as everyone sitting here. I would say that there is no better way to experience Bayshore Community Church than to be here. Can I get an amen? Amen. So if you're listening... Uh, take a Sunday and come hang out with us, and uh, you, won't, you won't regret it. So, um, I get the opportunity to talk about and close up this series, and I'm really excited about the topic today. But I want to, uh, I want to start with this. Do we have any uh, sports fanatics in the room? Sports fanatics, right? Like, not just you watch an occasional sporting event, but like, you get up and you uh, either read uh, the newspaper or are online looking at stat boxes and all that stuff. Anybody, can I see, see hands here? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out some sports, and I just want to know if it's your favorite sport, okay? And, and just to cheer for your favorite sport. Now, you can only vote once, okay? So get in your mind right now what your favorite sport is, and I want to hear uh, what your favorite sports are, okay? Here we go. Baseball. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Surprising there is that much for baseball. Okay, college basketball. Oh, people, you're killing me. Pro basketball. Okay, thank you. Got some basketball fans. Uh, college football. Yeah. Pro football. Ooh, okay, there you go. I think that's winner. Uh, soccer? Ooh. We got a small section in here. Are you guys from here? You guys, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, oh, and here's a, 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 a good one for the moment here. Curling, anybody? We've got curling in the back. Thank you, sir. When I was younger, I loved basketball. I, uh, in middle school and high school, I was completely obsessed with basketball. And to me, there was no better time of the year than March because it was March madness. And I'm telling you, I was glued in tuned in 100% to March Madness because, listen, there, it was just the most entertaining time of the year for me. You had upsets. You had uh, all these Cinderella stories. You would have buzzer beaters. You'd have all of these things happening. And it was like every game was this intense, like dramatic event. And I loved it. I ate it up. And uh, so I played basketball, and, and so I was just completely tuned in to March Madness. And there was this one guy I remember in the early 90s uh, who played, and I loved watching him in particular. I'm going to put his jersey up here. Let's see if anybody knows who this is. Anybody? 
You guys are killing me. This, my friends, is Penny Hardaway. Memphis State, Mr. Anthony Hardaway. Show that other picture of him uh, so you can see what he looks like in the jersey. Anybody remember him now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, this guy was one of the first big point guards that kind of came out in the early 90s, right? He was the size of like a power forward, but had the quickness and the agility of a point guard. And so I loved watching Anthony Hardaway. He uh, uh, was one of those guys who he always had like triple doubles because he had the size to be able to rebound and he was a shooter and a scorer, but he could also pass as a point guard. And so this guy, I loved watching him and he ended up getting drafted by the Golden State Warriors in, I think it was 1993. And if you remember this, the Warriors at that time traded Penny Hardaway along with uh, like four first-round picks or something like that for Chris Webber, right? Maybe I'm just, uh, this is like, I'm geeking out on this sort of stuff. You guys just have to bear with me. Like Penny Hardaway got traded for Chris Webber and all these trades and, and, and uh, first-round first draft picks. And he, so he goes to Orlando Magic and he signs a contract for 13 years for $65.2 million. He got a good deal. million, Anthony Hardaway goes to Orlando. And I wonder, just imagine with me, if he gets to Orlando, right, and he goes in, he's like, hey, guys, man, thank you so much. Generous contract. I love the money. Excited to play with you here in Orlando. But I just got one thing. I I don't want to wear the jersey. I don't want want to wear the jersey. I'm good playing and keeping and and taking the money, but I don't want to wear the jersey. And, uh, you know, because the reality is is when people see that I'm wearing the jersey, they'll identify me as one of the the team members and they're going to come after me or they're going to, you know, uh, they're going to play harder or whatever. And and they're going to try to defeat me because I'm on the team. Well, you know, Penny Hardaway did. uh, uh, You can didn't say that. Obviously, he didn't say that. But if he had, you can imagine that the Orlando Magic would have looked at him and said, hey, buddy, listen. Um, we just gave you 65 million reasons to put that jersey on, right? That we have invested in you, and so we're going to need you to wear the jersey. Now, Penny Hardaway had a great six years in Orlando. I think they actually uh, made it to the finals uh, during that time. Uh, They didn't win, but they made it. If you remember, Shaquille O'Neal was there at the same time, and so it was a big deal. But he ended up, he got traded to the Phoenix Suns, after being there for six years. And when he got to Phoenix, let me show you his jersey at Phoenix here. Yeah, that's the Hardaway jersey when he got to Phoenix. When he got to Phoenix, they signed him for a seven-year deal for $86 million. So the guy's salary went up tremendously. And again, he gets there. Can you imagine if he goes in and says, hey, man, thank you for the money. $86 million, a lot of money over seven years. I appreciate it. And I'm excited about Phoenix and playing here and being on the team, but I just got one thing. I don't want to wear the jersey. I don't want to wear it. He said, because when I was at Orlando, man, they would put their best defender on me. They could easily know that I was on a team. They'd put their best defender on me. They'd come after me. Uh, they played dirty against me, you know, and they knew I was on the team. So I love being here. I want to be part of the team, but I just don't want to wear the jersey. And so again, Phoenix, you can imagine if, that, if he'd have said that, would come back with, hey, buddy, listen, we have invested mightily, heavily into you. So we're going to need you to wear the jersey. 
And so we could keep going. Anthony Hardaway went on to, I think, play for two more teams in his career. But, but I think you get the picture, and we'd just be kind of repeating ourselves. But you're probably wondering what in the world does this have to do with addressing the mess in our life. And here's what I believe. I believe that every person in this room, everybody, and it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, you could have no walk with the Lord. Maybe you're just here today because uh, somebody said there was free coffee and donut holes. And so that's the only reason you came today. Or maybe you've uh, been a follower of Christ your entire life and, and you, you believe you're on fire for God. Everybody in this room has a next step that they are supposed to be taking. There's a next step for each one of you this morning, no matter where you're at. And I believe for some of you, maybe many of you, that next step is baptism. It's baptism. And so I want, at the close of this series, you know, we've talked about the entire time, this, this last five weeks, about addressing and correcting the messes in our life. And I believe that it is fitting that today we're going to talk about baptism. And so I want you to think about this. The reason I told you that story is in very, very simple terms, I believe that baptism is putting on the jersey of the one who has invested in us. It's putting on the jersey of the one who has invested in us. It's going public. It's identifying with Jesus. It's saying, hey, I am on team Jesus. It is an outward profession. It's an outward profession of an internal connection with Jesus. So here's the deal. Jesus invested in you. 2,000 years ago, he left heaven. The Bible says he left heaven. He came to earth as a man, lived here for 30-some years. He died a naked and bloody death on a cross for you, laid there for three days, arose from the dead, ascended to heaven, is preparing a place where you'll spend eternity. He invested. That is a serious investment that he has made in you. And so if you're here today and maybe you're thinking sometimes maybe in this week you've, you've struggled with thoughts of not having any value or no self-worth, you need to know that Jesus did that just for you, that you are that valuable, that he is willing to invest that much just for you. And the one thing, the one thing that he asked us to do, and we're going to look at this in Scripture today, the one thing that he asked you to do is to be baptized, for you to put on the jersey of Team Jesus. To say, I'm going public for Jesus, for Team Jesus, that I belong to Jesus, that I'm not ashamed of Jesus, I love Jesus, and I'm going to follow Jesus. So I want to give you three scriptures this morning, then I want to give you three points very quickly about baptism. Turn with me in your Bibles or on your, uh, your mobile device there, whatever it is. We're going to put it up on the screen as well. But to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 13. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized 
by John. Now, I was thinking about this this week, and um, my wife and I recently had the opportunity to go to Europe. We got to fly to Brussels, uh, take a train to Paris. It was the trip of a lifetime, something we could have never afforded on our own, but we were blessed with an amazing gift that allowed it to happen. And so, unbelievable trip. But while we were in Brussels, I discovered something that has radically changed my life. Radically changed my life. Has anybody ever had Lebanese food? Come on, anybody? Oh my, it has changed my life. I'm serious. I'm like a Lebanese evangelist now. I tell everybody about this thing called a shawarma. And I'm probably saying that wrong. Is it a shawarma? Okay, I'm getting some nods. Yes, I think I'm saying that right. It's like this Lebanese burrito. I, it, that doesn't even like, uh, uh, you know, do it justice. It's not a burrito, but it's just, it looks a little bit like a burrito. It is unlike anything I've ever had before in my life. It has changed my life. And so since we've been back, I have literally had dreams about a shawarma. I'm not kidding. You can ask my wife. I will wake up in the middle of the night like, man, I wish we were in Brussels right now because I could tear up a shawarma. And so I've been asking around. I'm like, hey, I need to know where there are some Lebanese cuisine here in the States. Like I, and, and so the only thing I know at, at this time is like there's got to be some in New York, right? Everything's in New York. And so there's literally been days where I have considered asking my wife if she wanted to go to New York just to get a shawarma. It is that good. And so here's the thing, like, there is a commitment that, that I am going to make if I launch out and say I'm getting a shawarma, right? Because it's, it's a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour trip into the city, and then, uh, you know, you got to eat, and then it's a four-hour trip back. And I'm, I'm on the line of whether or not I'm willing to commit to that sort of trip just for a burrito. So here's the thing. When Jesus, when we read that Jesus left Galilee and went down to the Jordan, you need to know it was a 60-mile walk. He didn't just leave his front door and walk down the street, right, to the river. He had to walk for several days to get to the Jordan. And here's why I say that. Because of that commitment that Jesus made to go and just to be baptized by John, if Jesus is going to invest that, if he's going to make that sort of commitment to do something, then we have to know that it's important. We have to label it important. Am I right? He spent several days getting there and uh, a 60-mile walk. So it is definitely something we need to know is important. But listen to this. Uh, So then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by by John. But John tried to deter him, it says. John tried to deter him. And here's, I just want to stop and pause there for a second and let you know that any time that you are about to take your next step for God, any time that you begin to take that next step, you need to know that there's probably going to be some opposition to that. Right There's going to be the voice in your head telling you that you don't need to do that. There's going to uh, uh, be people uh, who are going to try to distract you probably from going to that next step. And here's what you need to know. This was John the Baptist telling Jesus this, right? So you need to know that all, in, in some instances, it's not the, the dark figure with the pointy tail and, and the pitchfork who is trying to deter you. Sometimes it's the people... Uh, who are close to you and who love you and who you love, who are, who are honestly trying to, to give you good advice. But, but you need to know that 
your next step, what God has called you to do, is for you to do. So don't be deterred, okay? John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, yet do you come to me? And Jesus' reply is very Yoda-like. Listen to this language. He says, uh, let it be so now, right? Is that not like classic Yoda uh, language? Uh, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And again, in Yoda-like fashion, I, can, it, I don't know. When I read this, I just see like Yoda saying that and like waving his fingers because instantly John was like, okay. It says, that's all the scripture says. He's like, let it be so. And John was like, okay. So anyway, um, as we read on, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with, who, with him I am well pleased. You need to know that whenever you take your next step with God, he is pleased. He's pleased. Now, doesn't change his love for you. He doesn't love you any more or any less than he did before. God's love is unconditional, right? We know that it's unconditional. Uh, parents, have you ever uh, uh, not been pleased with your children? It doesn't mean you don't love them, right? When they back into the mailbox with the new car or they bring the report card home or they got the detention in school, right? We understand how that it is possible to love and to not be pleased and in the same way to love and to be pleased. So, so God is saying that, that when you take your next step towards me, I love you unconditionally, but I am pleased with you for taking that next step. So know that God is pleased Let's look at another passage. Here, uh, as we look into this, uh, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already risen and is uh, in heaven at this point. And we have his disciples who have gone around telling everybody about what Jesus did, right? The crucifixion that he arose from the dead and everything that's happening right now. They've gone and told all these people. And there's this massive gathering that has happened. And the apostle Peter gets up and he preaches this powerful message, right? This is in the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38 says this. When the people heard this, what, pe what Peter had just preached, right? That's where we're at. When the people had heard this, they were cut to the heart. Now, if you're like me, oftentimes I sit in this room or I'll listen to the podcast of Pastor Joel and Pastor Danny or Pastor Joel will say something, and it just convicts me. It'll get to the heart, my heart, and like, I'll be like, yep, that's something I need to address. Or it'll inspire me, right? Like inspiration will well up in me, or this, this uh, emotion will well up in me. And so uh, this is kind of what happens, is happening right here. Like they have heard what Peter said, and it has pierced into their heart. They know that there is something uh, that needs to be done. And it goes on to say, and, and they said to Peter, after they heard and were convicted of heart, and they said to Peter and the other disciples, brothers, what shall we do? Now, notice they did not say, what should we know? Like, what can you teach us that we would have knowledge of? 
Christianity is not about just having intellectual knowledge. It is not enough for you to come and to hear and to know what should be done or what should be changed or what is good and right and wholesome, but we have to apply it in our life. There has to be application. Christianity is not just about knowing something, but it's about having the knowledge and applying it in our life. And these people, when they heard Peter and they were convicted, they knew it, that there was a next step that needed to happen. And so here's Peter's response. He replied, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Repent, give your hearts to Jesus. Repent literally means to uh, turn around and go the other direction, right? Uh, to stop doing what you're doing and do something else. Repent, give your hearts to Jesus, follow Jesus, uh, uh, get saved, whatever language we want to use. But he didn't just stop there. He said, and be baptized. Repentance is something that is internal in our hearts and something we do. It's when Jesus comes, he power washes our, our soul, right, and cleans us up and makes us new inside. Baptism is external. Repentance is internal. Baptism is external. Repentance is a spiritual act. Baptism is a physical act. Baptism, if, you, if we read on here, it says... Uh, uh, Every one of you, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So baptism is also something that is for every single follower of Christ that we are asked to do it. And we can show you this in the scripture. It is literally going public with Jesus, putting on the jersey. Baptism is the way that we identify with Christ. I'll read one more scripture to you this morning. Later in the New Testament, uh, there's this guy named Saul. And Saul was uh, somebody who persecuted the Christians, we know. And so Saul meets Jesus. Jesus completely changes his life, even changes his name to Paul. And he was baptized there uh, when he met Jesus. But Paul, in Romans, gives a very interesting and powerful, I think, Uh, a metaphor about baptism I want to read with you this morning. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Romans 6, 3 through 4. Or do you, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So, What Paul is saying here is it is a symbol, it is symbolic of us, just as Christ was crucified and laid into the grave, baptism is a symbol of us going under the water or into the grave and dying to our old self. Who we were before we met Christ goes under the water and we come up new in Christ. It is a symbol, it is uh, a joining of what Christ did. And not only that, but it, it's a way of identifying that, that Christ, uh, because of his death, we now have life. And so when we uh, physically go under the water and come back up, it's, be, it's an acknowledgement that because of Jesus, we now have that life. Aren't you glad that, that we don't just go under the water and stay, right? We come up new because of what Jesus did. So it is a symbol Um, And it goes on to say that we were therefore buried with him 
through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a a new life. So I want to give you three quick points as we kind of wrap up today. Uh, Just very quickly about baptism. Um, Number one, baptism is after salvation. It's after salvation. Now, um, on my finger here, I have uh, this wedding ring, right? Um, This year, my wife and I are celebrating 20 years of marriage. And um, I can't, you know, I was going to try to take this off. Thank you. I was... I was going to try to take this off to, uh, to hold it up, but I cannot get it off my knuckle anymore. I don't know why. I, I guess my knuckles have swollen that much. Uh, but um, this wedding ring is a symbol of the covenant that we made together uh, almost 20 years ago. It's a symbol uh, of that covenant. And so, um, you know, if in high school I knew uh, that one day I would be married and would get married, if in high school uh, I uh, kind of said that and then went and got a wedding ring and put it on my finger because one day I would be getting married, well, that's weird, right? That is not something we would look at and say, oh, okay, that guy's normal. No, that guy's strange if he's wearing a wedding ring before he got married or a creep, which I'm, I'm not sure which. But um, so, uh, you know, in the same way when my parents... Uh, when I was a baby and my parents um, had me, they didn't say, okay, uh, one day Jeremy's going to get married, so as an infant I'm going to put this ring on his finger. You know, we wouldn't in that moment think that that is a normal decision, right? That's weird. So the, the ring is a symbol of a covenant that was made. And in the same way, baptism is a symbol of the covenant that we've just made with Jesus. Now, I want to be very, very sensitive because I know we have many different uh, backgrounds here. Um, But for some of you, um, you were baptized as an infant. Do we have anybody who was baptized as infants? Uh, Yeah. We have a lot of people uh, with very different backgrounds. And, and it was an amazing and beautiful service, right? Uh, uh, you know how it goes like you're an infant and they put you in a dress, right? Uh, whether you're a guy or a girl, <laughs> you were in a dress probably and they, they sprinkled some water on you and you probably got a little upset about that. But your parents, uh, you know, they were loving it. It was a beautiful and, and powerful moment in your parents' life because the reality is, is you, you don't remember that if that was you. And it was a, a, a powerful and meaningful thing. But, but the reality is it, your parents can't choose what team you're going to be on. When our kids were born, we have four children. Reagan and I were big basketball players when we were in high school. Both of us should have played college basketball, but our life took a different direction. But, um, you know, every one of my kids when they were born had a basketball waiting for them. None of them play basketball. None of them. And I don't know what happened, but none of them like it. And uh, I, there was nothing that we could do to change that because we can't choose what team our kids are going to be on. And so here's the thing with baptism. You know, some of you would say maybe too, like if you were baptized now, it might be something that dishonors 
what your parents did when you were an infant or it might upset them. And, and I, I may not understand that, that tension, but I would just say that, you know, that dedication that your parents did when you were an infant, that acknowledgement that they were going to raise you in the ways of the Lord and that you were going to follow Jesus, that if you were to be baptized now, it's not a contradiction of that. It's, it's actually a fulfillment of what they prayed for and believed that day for you, that if you were to be baptized and to, to say that you now are choosing to be on team Jesus, that is a fulfillment of what they did, not a contradiction or not a diss to them. Point number two, baptism is by immersion. Now, I am not a theologian. I am not in any way uh, consider myself to be a scholar of, uh, in any way. I know that there are arguments all over the place on this particular topic. So by what I'm saying here is baptism by immersion is we literally dunk your whole body under the water and bring you back up again. And there's some debates uh, among different um, uh, you know, religions and, and, and things that um, have different ideas about that. But uh, honestly, I'm a simple guy, and I like to keep it simple. And, and so I would just say two things about that point quickly, about why we have decided here to baptize by immersion at Bayshore. Number one, Pastor Danny is the smartest, most educated theologian that I know. And that's not just because he's going to listen to this uh, podcast later. That's because he is. The man is continually learning. Uh, he just enrolled in another uh, a seminary course. He's been doing it for decades and still wanting to know more about the Scripture. And Pastor Danny has decided that the best uh, thing for Bayshore is that we baptize by immersion. So that's number one, enough uh, for me. But number two, I would say that there is no scholar in the world that would debate whether or not Jesus was baptized by immersion. That we know. And if I'm going to decide that I'm going to follow Jesus and Jesus was baptized by immersion, then sign me up. And that's just my simple thoughts on that, that piece right there. Um, you know, if you, uh, you know, I don't really debate that point, um, but if you do want to debate that point, uh, Pastor Danny's email is uh, dannytice at bayshorecc.org. You just send it to him. I'm sure he'd be happy to, to, to talk about it with you, and he could, he could answer all your questions. But it's a simple thing for me. Jesus did it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to do it. So point number two is baptism is by immersion. And number three, baptism is for everyone's next step after salvation. It's everybody's Next step after salvation. I want to show you uh, some logos here. Um, all of us have different preferences when it comes to running shoes and athletic shoes, right? My wife and I go to the store all the time and, and we'll say things like, ah, I can't wear that brand. It's not my brand. I can't wear that brand. So I want to put some uh, brand logos up here and uh, I just want you to cheer if this is your brand, okay? So let's do the first one. Is that your brand? That's my brand. That's my brand. Next. <laughs> you, see, you get, most of you, if you're a millennial, you're probably too young to remember that back in like the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, maybe, I think, like Reebok had their moment. And like now if you wear uh, a Reeboks and you come into church, we've already alerted our security team because you're a little sketchy. Like <laughs> the Reeboks kind of have that connotation now. But anyway, I, I actually own a pair of Reeboks. But uh, anyway, let's do another one. 
Cool. Hey, all right. A little under armor there. What's next? Hey, all right. I like the new balance. One more. Woo. Oh, that's our soccer player. Our one soccer player loves Adidas back there. <laughs> so here's the thing. There are a lot of preferences in this room. There are a lot of backgrounds in this room. We've already seen that where who has been uh, baptized as infants and We've been raised in different denominations. We've been raised in different parts of denominations. And all of us come from a a different uh, upbringing and background. But I love that there is this simple clarity of the first two steps. Right? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. There is a simple clarity for all of us in that statement and there are hundreds of other things that we could debate but this we know if we're going to be christians if we're going to follow jesus then he said you must repent and you must be baptized i'd love if you stand this morning with me as we we close i know we don't often uh, do this sort of thing but i want to grab your attention just one final time here There's some of you that, that, that through this series, God has helped you uh, address some messes in your life, or maybe you're in the process of addressing uh, those messes in your life. And, and um, for some of you, that means that the next step for you is baptism, that God has called you, that maybe you've, you've prayed a prayer uh, this series to uh, decide to begin to follow Jesus, that you've repented, and now that next step is baptism. Uh, for some of you, maybe uh, you're here today and uh, you've never prayed that prayer. You've never uh, asked God to, to come into your life, to be the Lord of your life. So um, if we could all just bow our heads for just a moment, I want to make sure that, that everybody this morning has that opportunity. You see, we talked about Jesus came to earth, became a man, died on a cross so that we could be reconciled to God, that there was nothing that we could do on our own that, that could get us to God. But Jesus came and he paid the price for us. He paid it for you. He invested all of that just for you. The Bible says if it was just one, he would leave 99 just for the one. The song that Brad sang today, that his love is reckless. There's no mountain he won't climb. There's no shadow he won't light because he's coming after you. And so if today you feel that in your heart that you need to make a decision to turn, to repent, to, to lay down a life uh, that, that is maybe uh, contrary to the ways of God and to begin to follow Jesus, then there's... Uh, a prayer that we're all going to pray together here now. And if you all would join me in it, repeat after me. Dear Father, God, I know that I need you, that you paid the price for my sin, and God, that you uh, did it just for me. So today I decide to repent to lay down all my simple ways, to begin to follow you. 
I thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, that is a simple, basic prayer of words, but it's the heart that Jesus is after. So if you've prayed that prayer, you want to know more about what that means, then I would encourage you to come up. Pastor Jeff is standing here uh, today. But if it is your next step to be baptized, and if you did pray that prayer, your next step is to be baptized. But if it's your next step, I want to encourage you, you can stop by the information center and sign up. We will be having baptism here. We will be celebrating everything that God's done here next week. Um, And um, sign up at the information center. Sign up on the app. Call us at the church office. Email us. Grab one of the staff members. Whatever you got to do, let us know that your next step is baptism. I love you guys. I hope you have a great week. We're so excited about next week to celebrate with you. God bless you. Have a great day.